like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Get ready for some great folk and rock-inspired music from the king of Café Carp, Bill Camplin. Bill co-presides at the café, bringing all kinds of great music to the relatively small venue, and he also has a rich four-decades-long history of creating and sharing stunning, beautiful, and sometimes cryptic music with especially southern Wisconsin. Bill Camplin joins us by phone from the Cafe Carp in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin. Bill, it's good to talk to you again for Song of the Soul. It's good to talk to you too, Mark. The last time I had you on, we're remembering one of the fine musicians of the past. Larry was close to you. He came out to the Cafe Carp, as we discussed in that interview. Yes. And now it's been, what, two years since Larry Penn left us? You still keep things hopping pretty good there at the Cafe Carp. Well, we're still here. I think that's what we've been saying for most of our 30 years. My goodness, we're still here. (laughs) Do you want to mention anybody that's been there recently to Cafe Carp or coming up? Folks should know that Cafe Carp exists there in Fort Atkinson. You know, I'm speaking to you on a Thursday and uh, in two nights from now on on Saturday night, Sam Giannis will be here. Michael Fracasso, who will come in from California and play. But recently, it's been real interesting. Each year, we get some people who've never been here before. Matt Lorenz, otherwise known as Suitcase Junket, has been here. Trisha Alexander from Northern Illinois has been here. We uh, we have our monthly bluegrass band, the New Pioneers. Suzzy Roach, Suzzy and Lucy, her daughter, were here. That was just a wonderful thing. Aaron McCone was here, too, and Martha Scanlon. There was a three people in a row in about a nine-day period who'd never been here before, and it was just truly wonderful to hear them all do their thing. And how often, again, do you get up on the stage there and do some music? About once a month, maybe a little more. I might take part in, like, a song swap, or if someone like a Randy Sabine is in the area, we might pick a night and play as a duo or something like that, or I'll play with my bandmates eight or nine times a year, too. So, you know, I guess 15 times a year would be an accurate amount. But on your stage is not the only place that you perform. How often do you get away from the Cafe Carp and out into the wider world? About another dozen or 15 times a year. Any big ones coming up that you want to mention? The uh, Stoughton Opera House, where I'm doing with uh, three other performers called the Encolos House. For this purposes of that appearance, the occasional quartet. When you're occasional, you don't know what to call yourselves. And that's uh, Willie Porter and Peter Malby, Randy Sabine, and myself. And that has been a really cool, we usually do that for three nights in a row in June now here at the Carp. And this sort of grew out of that. 
and that one's going to be January 29th, 2016. Again, the place is called the Stoughton Opera House. Their website's stoughtonoperahouse.com. You can see a whole load of people who are going to be there, all different kinds of music, actually, not just folk music, virtuosos or anything. It's Oh, it's all over, yeah. The Perfect Harmony Men's Chorus is the next weekend after you're there. <laughs> I'm just hoping to be guilty of uh, associating with the sorts of people that uh, come to the Stone Opera House, <laughs> the company I keep. <laughs> well, you've been doing music a long time. Refresh our listeners as to when you started, you know, how you got to be a carp man. Oh, okay. Well, I started, I think I probably borrowed a guitar from one of my friends in school. We were all in some kind of a Christy Minstrel group where there was only two guitars and 12 of us, that sort of thing. I guess I could call that a start. But having sung in choir, having been encouraged by a choir director to be a soloist, first as a countertenor and then down to tenor, and of course now I'm a baritone, but the experience of performing in front of people began right there when I was in high school, you know, in 1961, 62, somewhere in there. I'm wondering, did I graduate? Yes, I did. <laughs> graduate from what? Grade school? Where Where are we talking from, about? From, I, did, I eventually graduated from high school, yes. Okay. <laughs> well, get us started with your music right away. There's a lot of variety of music that you do that we'd like people to hear and of course they can go out to cd baby and find your music but let's give them a good taste test today using the word taste loosely (laughs) (laughs) sure well i guess i would start chronologically speaking Uh, i would start with january guitar the copy in hand that's on cd form is a new performance new in that i did it i have to think back probably around 1997 or 99 or something like that but I had first done it in around 1973, recorded it then on vinyl. And the album was called January. That was my first solo album based on that album entirely on my own writings too, most of which have fallen by the wayside. But January hung in there. It was sort of a hit for me in the Milwaukee area at that time where I was playing mostly. And so it got a lot of radio play and an occasional request. But I remember writing, I was still just a young guy living it home with my parents finally had my own bedroom enough brothers had moved out <laughs> and was up there in my very very unheated the only heat was from the downstairs cold stove or i think we, I think we were burning oil at that time but you know there wasn't there weren't any registers up there so it was a cold ass day when i wrote this song <laughs> january guitar Can't expect to find what now stands behind me In soft, shattered rooms And just before the fall I can hear me call you Saying I'm leaving at noon Yet it's kind of funny When I get to thinking I never really left you Playing my guitar while January blows so cold These words I try to sing If only just to bring me 
to the feelings I knew But there isn't much to say Amid the computations Of a chance that I blew Yet it's kind of funny When I get to thinking How many times I want you Playing my guitar while January blows so Sadness must be felt I hope it will melt me From the cold state I'm in My cats have gone to sleep There's nothing here to keep me From the warm dreams within Yet it's kind of funny When I get to thinking of Playing my guitar while January blows so cold Playing my guitar while January blows so cold Bittersweet Song, January Guitar by Bill Camplin, where you're going to find him most of the time these days is at the Cafe Carp, which is in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin. You can find his music out on CD Baby, including four CDs by him. And I guess there's LPs that have gone by the way. Now that's actually from your duet, Love Songs and Other Trios, 
But the original recording that it was on, the LP that it was on, what was that called? It was called January. I don't have any of your LPs, even though I lived, you know, 30 miles away in Oconomowoc at that time. But you're so much younger than me. <laughs> There'd be no reason for you to have an awareness. <laughs> well, I still have about 500 LPs. You know, I've got a very nice collection of that and a growing CD collection, which, of course, is now old-fashioned. Hard to keep up with all this. Have you transferred all of your music that was on LPs over to CDs? How many LPs did you put out there? Four or five. And yes, I have a friend in Milwaukee that has finished that this last summer. Kind of without any instruction from me, he and a guy I play with, Jason, have just decided to do that. He has finished it. I don't know what to do with it. It's hard to reissue, but I could probably get all four records into two CDs and put out a package like that or some other thing. I'm quite sure the audience that might be interested in what I've done are not just buying your stuff, uh, you know, downloads so much, but still buy CDs. It's hard. It's a hard time. The technology and and the methods have moved on so quickly. It's made it really hard to be an older performer who's uh, most of the public that would buy records are about my age and still would play CDs. So, you know, I can put out CDs, but I can't put out as many of them. And then, you know, with through CD Baby, I could make them downloadable. I haven't bothered to do that, but that would be, there are ways of getting around it without me having to really spend too much time doing the things I don't like to do, which is to be in the business of selling my music. I just want to play it. The name connected with that was Billy Duet or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Where did this come from? Were you on the lam from the law or something? You used an alternate name? Well, there again, knowing that I wasn't working with a record label, I I don't have people guiding me to present things the way that you would in a commercial setting. I just went with a name that kind of hit our names. So I called myself Billy Duet, and Jason, who I did most of the duet work on the album, was Jason Duet. And I did that kind of, so here's this duet, these two guys called duet, except it's spelled weird, like it's a Dutch spelling, and just did it because that was what I felt like at the time, and it was no more or less important than any other name I could give it. Other than that, it did describe technically what was going on, which was duet performances. But Billy Duet, and it's called Love Songs and Other Trios. A duet is normally two, not a trio, so you got me confused that way. That's good, because as time went on, I had included a few other players on some of the songs. So sometimes, you know, we had Steve Kleiber come in and play bass with us on a few things. So even though Jason and I were central to it, and then there were a few songs, I think The Other Old Man, I got another one coming up here, <laughs> that I recorded, and The Daughter were done without Jason. So, and then I had two string guys do it. So those were trios. So it was love songs and other trios. So the whole thing makes sense to me. (laughs) I have a feeling that sometimes your lyrics are that way, too. They make sense to you, and the rest of the world can be (laughs) scratching their head. They're humming the the words in the song, and and yet, what did I just say? I don't know. (laughs) Give us another example of what you do. Okay, let's go to uh, One Too Many Mornings off of this uh, Dylan project I did some years ago. Pretty self-explanatory. It's called Project One. And it's all Bob Dylan material. And why did you happen to pick this song? It must resonate with you in some way. Well, there again, all of them are part of a cloth. And so deciding on which one to do is, I don't want to overstate the cliche of deciding which of your children to save. (laughs) (laughs) 
but it really came down to uh, I knew that there was time limitations with doing the show. I wanted to get you know a fair sampling of songs, and this one was short enough, and in, I like doing it. You know, I, I don't record stuff I don't have some kind of attachment to, so. It's indicative of what I was doing on that record, and that is all solo work. Uh, these are all solo interpretations on this album, and this is just one of them. And it's called One Too Many Mornings. It's by Bob Dylan, performed by Bill Camplin for Song of the Soul. Down the street the dogs are barking And day is getting dark As the night comes on a falling The dogs lose their bark And the silent night will shatter From sounds inside my mind for I'm one too many mornings And a thousand miles behind From the crossroads of my doorstep My eyes, they start to fade as I turn my head back to the room Where my love and I have laid And I gaze back to the street The sidewalk and the side And I'm one too many mornings And a thousand miles Restless, hungry feeling That don't mean no one no good When everything I'm saying You can say it just as good You're right from your side I'm right from mine We're both just too many mornings And a thousand miles behind Second song for Bill Camplin's Song of the Soul. It's One Too Many Mornings, originally by Bob Dylan. 
But Bill Camplin's performing it. When you want to find Bill Camplin, you go to cafecarp.com, and that's in Fort Atkinson. You can go to the website and find his contactables. But you could also go there and listen to some of the fine music that they have periodically. Bill will be happy to cue you in on when you want to drop by. One too many mornings, though. Again, it's one of those bittersweet relationship songs. And both January Guitar and One Too Many Mornings, they're of a similar mode of sorts. It's the fond relationships gone by. But I think you've been in a pretty happy relationship for quite a while now. So does that mean you can't write any more songs? <laughs> no, I, it's really unimportant. There's other things that are more important. I'm too old to write love songs now, at least of that kind. I can write appreciation songs. You can go in a lot of directions, or I can write about, just continue to make notes about the time I live in and how I feel about it. Try to leave a message, sort of a message in a bottle type of a style of writing. It's not about today and tomorrow when I write something. It's about, well, I'd be able to perform this song and feel like it, you know, down the road. And so I try to write things that will, at least for me, allow me now in my 60s to sing the song with an enthusiasm and with a sense of discovery. Can you give us an example of a song that you wrote or maybe recorded, but that there's just no way you'd want to do it now? I've only written maybe 15 songs in my life, and one of the very early ones, which is kind of maybe a little bit bitter time after the relationship ended, I <laughs> included stuff in there that I would not want to sing now because it's like, oh my goodness, I'm I'm so far beyond that. Do you have songs like that? And then there's songs that are just some of the earlier things that I wrote are actually such a challenge for me now that I haven't put the time into relearning them or seeing if I can get a grip on them as it were and, and interpret them in such a way that I feel good about it. You know, I might not do a, a song like, there's a song I had called Somebody Ought to Be There, which is just was a verse-by-verse verse talking about people who I felt were phony. I think that was more important. You know, when you're young, you go through this, who's real and who's not real, who's being 100 and who's not. Here's one called Na 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 Na. I wouldn't do that one again. It sounds like the lyrics are kind of complex. <laughs> yeah, there's lyrics in it. Yeah, that has this sort of this refrain, Na 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 So, yeah, we don't need to go into that. <laughs> <laughs> and some I just don't, I just haven't looked at. They might not feel comfortable now because I don't have quite uh, as a, a strong attachment to the Lutheranism I was uh, <laughs> partly under the spell of back then as is now. However, I don't, I'm not ashamed of it. I was under the spell of some good things that came out of uh, my upbringing, both in school, in my neighborhood, and of course uh, in the churches too, and that sort of thing. I met a lot of good people. When did you actually start writing songs? How old were you? I started writing some poetry during a math class when I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, I would but sometimes have fun with numbers during English class. You know, like, what are the prime numbers, and why does that work that way? How far can I go? Can, you know, but I couldn't do them at the time when I was supposed to. There's something about you which just is off the beaten track, you know, marching to a different accordion. <laughs> yes, I think the accordion landed on me. Somebody threw it out of a second-story window. Uh, <laughs> I have an accordion. I still have an accordion. It's in the room with me right now. I have not played it in 55 years. Oh, yeah, but they're so dear, aren't they? They are now when I hear other people play them. I now have an appreciation for them. I kind of liked them at the time, too. I really loved accordion because I would put my ear down, put my ear so that my, so that my ear bone would be right on the accordion and then play stuff, and it was just, that was just so enthralling. That's different than actually pursuing it as an instrument to be played. <laughs> 
and like Lou and Peter Berryman. Yes, those are some some old acquaintances and friends of mine. We we just appeared on a tribute in Chicago area just a few weeks ago. It was nice to see them again. Well, let's keep going on music. Number three for your song of the soul? Nine Pound Hammer. There again, we're going sequentially. An album called Old Bones, it grew out of having done these late night jams for years when a number of performers were here during the holidays when we'd have these shows where, you know, three or four people would share a stage at night. They're known as the Lamplighter series, and Peter Mulvey is centered on them. But a fellow by the name of Dave Goodrich always came. He's done a lot of recording work. He's a really brilliant guy, but we would lay at, stay up late at night and play, and I would just kind of lean on songs, that not on my own stuff, but just sort of, you know, do a country-western song or something like that that everybody could play along on. And, and he eventually said, yeah, I, want, I want you to record. Come out east and we'll record them. And so my son and I went out east and did that very thing some years ago. Went to western Connecticut to Signature Sound Studios there, and we recorded. We did everything live. And that was just, there again, I'm choosing Nine Pound Hammer because we just had such a ball playing it. We had a ball during the entire sessions. It allowed everybody that's on the record to kind of put a foot forward with a little bit of a solo here and there. And we just had a gas. And then a few people came in. Jeff Focalt and Chris Delmhorst uh, did a little singing in the background on a number of things. I got to do a duet with Chris, which is really a treat. But Nine Pound Hammer kind of captured the whole group of us at once. Take this hammer, take it to the captain. I tell him I'm a gone, you can tell him that I'm gone. This nine pound hammer will kill John Henry, but it won't kill me, no, 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 it won't kill me. So roll on, buddy, don't you roll so slow. I gotta roll when the bees they will not go. Roll on, buddy, it's another little cool. How can I roll when we stay when I go? It's a long way to Hazard, a long way to Harlan. To catch a little booze, just drink a little booze. I'm going to the mountains, find my baby. I ain't coming back, oh, ain't not coming back. How can I roll in the wheel there when I go? Roll on a buddy, it's another, it's another, it's another little go. When the wheels won't go, I did it, 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 did it,
Hammer, take it to the captain. Tell him I'm gone. If you tell him I'm gone, this nine pound hammer will kill John Henry. bouncing around now with that nine pound hammer tune ricocheting through your mind it's from bill camplin's recording old bones as he mentioned recorded over in connecticut when you want to find bill camplin these days best way to track him down is cafe carp that's carp with an e because carpa diem or something and cafecarp.com and there's a link on Northern Spirit Radio this is Song of the Soul which is Northern Spirit Radio production on the web northernspiritradio.org and on that site you'll find more than 10 years of our programs you'll find one other time when we've had Bill Camplin here with us when we were doing a tribute to Larry Penn also on that site, you'll find a place to post comments. And we love your feedback. We love two-way communication. Post a comment when you visit. There's also a place where you can make donations. That is how this work is supported. And your support is so important. But even more important is that you support your local community radio station. They provide you a slice of music and of news. You get nowhere else on the American airwaves. And it's so invaluable to have those alternatives going out to people free of charge. So support your local community radio station with your wallet and with your hands. And support places like Cafe Carp, where Bill Camplin will be found most days. Sometimes you'll find him on the stage, not that frequently, but there's all kinds of other musicians that come by. you find them at cafecarp.com. Carp is with an E on the end. And that is a carp as in carpe diem, right? Yeah, we, that was our first little slogan. It was also because uh, I had this notion that you, you put an E to get a hard P sound if you're going to have a cafe. You're using kind of a French pronunciation. So there again... It's almost as bad as me calling an album duet, but not quite. <laughs> there is something about you that seems very clearly countercultural. <laughs> and I say yeah. that as high tribute. Especially the to the counterculture. <laughs> yeah. 
I had a ninth grade history teacher who who said everyone is a conformist. There's people who are conforming to the way things are, and there's people who are conforming to nonconformity. That's a good premise. I got a lot of wise education in ninth grade because <laughs> of that. So you've got four albums that I can find out on CD Baby. We've already had something from Old Bones and from the Dylan Project and from the Love Songs and Other Trios by Billy Duet, uh, your alter ego or something. No, that's my ego, period. (laughs) Okay. And you also have something called Understory. But I'm not quite sure that these CDs reflect your development over time because, you know, you had LPs and then you get CDs and some of this is work that you're redoing. Sequentially, would we have started with Love Songs, Other Trios, Dylan Project One, and then Old Bones would have been your third recording? Yes, of what I call the modern era. <laughs> these, yeah, these are all from this millennium. Now, because of your connection with Larry Penn, I would describe you as a folk musician because of what I know of Cafe Carp. As a matter of fact, I mean, you know, you came of age in the 1960s, going in there into the 70s. That means that in part, there's the whole rise of rock music. How drawn were you to that part of the environment versus the folk revolution of the early 60s? I love the energy. There was so much to like about it. Of course, I like just having an acoustic guitar too. But the thing about pop music, because the pop music was just, and it still has, you know, it has this this great energy. But I think one of the first things in my head is going, man, I wish I could write my own lyrics for this stuff and take it somewhere else lyrically and still hang on to that energy. And I think it took my son to produce this record understory to actually kind of go way back in time. And and a lot of these songs have sort of a derivative sound to them from that period of time. Took me much more into pop-type musics. But there again, still staying pretty firmly with my acoustic guitar centered in most of the songs or, you know, with my performing. I still have to perform things out. So I tend to want to record things in such a way that when I play solo, that's the people, you know, it's the same song. It just doesn't have the, the same arrangement. And my son taught me a little bit about editing, about making it brief for an album. So, you know, gets a little more songs go by in a shorter period of time and, and get away from this idea that I'm recording some sort of live performance for a CD He's very helpful in that and very astute. So um, I've chosen three, you know, three songs to have you uh, put on the radio off this record. It's the newest one, so it makes it easier too. But it just represented so many positive things. Just being able to work with a child that was not even born when I, you know, I did the, the, all of all of my early work, and and then be able to go into uh, have him take over the reins. I didn't do any real decision-making other than I did what I was told, and they were all my songs, so I didn't have to do anything I and wasn't guilty of to begin with. <laughs> and that comment's a little bit cryptic for me. I <laughs> didn't have to do anything you weren't guilty of to begin with. <laughs> Is there something you want to confess? I don't know. <laughs> No, no. He told me at the time, I asked him, well, could we do, you know, what should we do? And he says, I, just, I don't want to do anything but your material. I'm not interested in doing your second Dylan project or another country music or anything else. I want to just do your material. So he had a much stronger idea of my songs than I did in some ways because he'd heard them while I'm rehearsing, even though, he, you know, my family, we live upstairs, so... It was surprising to me to know how often when I thought they were asleep that I must have woke. I tried not to wake them up, but they know more about me, as many people do, not me in particular, but 
people living on the outside of us get to see us in a way we don't get to see ourselves. Well, let's keep going with the music because there are a couple more I think we're going to get in. Next up, you would like what? Old Man Sleep. And why Old Man Sleep? Is this a sign of age coming on or what? <laughs> no, it's a song I wrote actually many years ago, and I never had a chance to record. And it was based upon when I was gigging in Milwaukee in the 70s, and we would go out afterwards, a bunch of us, whoever was at the gigs, and have pizza and do whatever. And one of these nights, you know, at 2.33 in the morning, I just noticed this kind of lost-looking figure, like somebody who'd maybe gotten out of their house when they shouldn't you know, an elderly guy with an old coat on and happened to see a police car pull up at that time and gently usher him back into a vehicle. And I just had, and so the whole thing stuck in my mind. And I, you know, I saw this, maybe an Alzheimer patient or somebody, that, somebody disorientated. And I saw a couple of people who in their official capacity helped him, help return him somewhere. That sounds like a bit of a kinder, gentler time than what we expect far too often now. I mean, there's so many videos out there about police not being very understanding, helpful, reactive. That's what we get to see, of course. Those things that are happening now, and maybe I'll get to that after this song, but you know, what happened in Ferguson and so many other places are, are indicative of the of, of really the deep racism that's very much, very much uh, um, our inheritance in this country and throughout the Western world. So that's apart from this, but this is an example of just uh, of a different thing, of somebody being alone and disorientated, and, and there are people that help them, but they're only officially helping. They're not, it's not like a family member, not like somebody that really can spend the time caring for them individually. So that's what the song kind of grew out of. And the song is Old Man's Sleep from Understory by Bill Camplin. Old man, will you sleep tonight? Can you make it off the street? Shall we wait here for the squad? They know your name. That coat was once the latest style But you should know those were your times Those cold hands long have been unable To show your Those wasted hands no longer able to show your world. Now what defines this sad routine that nearly everyone ignores? Their lonely battles leave no time for casualties. And now, of course, we never meet on the avenues of life. 
of existence Your slur lives on In the ever-present alley Your slur lives on Is there anyone alive Who waits to take you Or can comfort but be found In death's embrace Now I have keys so I must ride To Men in blue will treat you gentle It is their job Everyone who treats you gentle It's just a job It's just a job. We're hearing some great music today by Bill Camplin. Find him at Cafe Carp, and that's Carp with C A R P E, cafecarp.com. It's an establishment in Fort Atkinson, and they not only get food, but you get wonderful music there. So please check them out. You can find them via the net and find a day when you can drop by. Uh, Even if you're over in Washington State listening or if you're in Massachusetts or down in Colorado, the places where this program's broadcast, there's four or five stations in California. Just come on over to Wisconsin, and when you're here, drop by Fort Atkinson Cafe Carp. Again, that song was Old Man's Sleep, and when I heard that song, Bill, I said, my God, does that guy have some kind of vocal range? Can you really still hit those high notes like that? Those I can, because that was a fairly recent recording. I am certainly no longer a countertenor. I can't sing like I did in my 20s either. But it's gotten a little deeper, and you lose a few notes on top. It's shrunk up. That was It was damn impressive, I just want to say. <laughs> and if you sing with someone, you know, when you, your duets, like with the early album that you mentioned, do you generally sing above or underneath them, or do you sing all around them? I haven't done enough of it to really say I've done it all different ways, because duets, to me, usually would be uh, with a female voice. I would probably sing under it. If it's an alto or a contralto, which I haven't done, that would be very fascinating because we could probably pass each other back and forth, you know, with the vocal lines. Would be, uh, that would be kind of fun. But usually uh, you shrink's the wrong word, but you confine yourself on behalf of making a good a duet recording. You confine yourself to a certain range and let the other person handle the other range. 
and work on it from there. I do love your guitar. There's a gentle, soothing feeling about much of it. It kind of carries with, without being strained. I, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but there's a comfort that I sense when you're there. And I think it does get those alpha waves or whatever they are going on, the same thing that meditation <laughs> does. Well, you're right. I don't understand what you just said. <laughs> and I don't have to, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, one last song. How do we want to finish off your song of the soul, Bill? Really, and a song I feel triply important about now. I wrote it there again some years ago, not that long ago, and it's called Where Do We Surrender? And really, I think that a simple way of approaching it would be is to just say Black Lives Matter. And there's other things I could say about, you know, talk about the construction, the imagery, but really, I think a good entrance point right now in this time would just be to say Black Lives Matter. Started out on bread and water Put them on a boat To the promised land Oh, how the mean things Started to happen I may never hope to understand Arise, arise, I heard the captain Surrender calmly to the morning bell And erase the pictures you have gathered Just behold the heights from which you fell And where do we surrender? And to whom do we place the call? What do we give up when we've seen it all? How do we explain it? Somebody give us an alibi. What do we confess we can no longer try? They handed out on the least inventions All you had to do was stand there in line and obey the laws of mass production. Repeat them all till we all sound the same. And the children cried out hallelujah 
freedom, freedom And it won't last long And where do we surrender And to whom do we place the call We give up when we've seen it all How do we explain it Somebody give us an alibi you that song is where do we surrender that's from bill camplin's recording understory and you start off pretty gentle but then you get rocking pretty well you said bill that that has to do with black lives matter when did you actually write the song i wrote it i think 38 years ago were you aware of the issue the the racism all of that oh yes I read many books, ranging from just uh, history books of the slave experience and of black lives in, in this country and in other countries too. You know, and it ranged from you know Eldridge Cleaver's Soul on Ice, which was so. I look at him now as a bit of a weird guy, but he was completely honest on that. In that, I think nowadays I've just finished reading uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, who has a book called Between the World and Me, and it's so spot on. It is. It's. Uh, it's inspiring, even as it kind of is depressing, uh, because it talks, you know, this ongoing problem we continue to fess up to uh, the treatment of particularly Africans, but, you know, also the Native community, Mexicans, Japanese. You pick, pick a group that we've uh, lumped all together for some reason and stereotypically treated. 
Well, thanks for a glimpse back of something like where do we surrender? 38 years ago, you write it, and it's still very relevant today. And so there's a certain amount of existence that we gets reflected through the songs, which is so valuable. And what can I say? I love your voice. I love the guitar that you bring in. And the imagery that you provide through your songs is just so striking. And so all those things have just made this day a very rich one for me. Thanks so much for joining me, Bill Camplin, for Song of the Soul. You are very welcome, Mark. Thank you. And again, when you want to track down Bill Camplin, start by going to cafecarp.com. That's C-A-F-E-C-A-R-P-E dot com. There's a link on nordenspiritradio.org, and you can find his music at cdbaby.com. And there are a few bonus excerpts, including one more song on the nordenspiritradio.org website. Treat yourself to Bill's music and to the very special ambiance of Café Carp. Thanks to Andrew Jansen for production assistance, and thanks to you for listening, and we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy That in the light it will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song